0: All right, well, hey, uh, don't, uh, don't stand just yet, but turn in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 26, 2 Chronicles chapter number 26. Uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, as you may maybe have spent some time in the books of Kings and Chronicles, you have seen a glimpse of the life stories of each of the kings of Israel and Judah, which really does contain the, the good, the bad, and, and the ugly, Of their reigns well tonight we're going to be taking a deep dive look into into the life of one of these ancient kings the king's name is uh, Uzziah King Uzziah was a man who had everything going for him but he lost it because he allowed something to infiltrate his heart that ruined what could have been a full and a meaningful life. Now, what makes this story so helpful and at the same time sobering is that the thing that King Uzziah struggled with, we struggle with also. Usually, on a daily basis, I probably guarantee that every one of us dealt with it today at some at some level. And so from our story, we're going to learn something that can help us to avoid the pitfall that King Uzziah fell into. Now, to get us started in this, we're going to play a a word game. Um, And I'm I'm going to rattle off 10 statements and let's see if we can identify the thing that lurked in the heart of King Uzziah. Okay, here we go. This is the one thing that keeps you from asking for forgiveness. This is the one thing that keeps you from asking for help when you need it. This is the one thing that keeps you from accepting help when someone offers help to you. This is the one thing that keeps you from admitting fault. This is the one thing that keeps you from being honest with yourself and others. This is the one thing that keeps you from accepting what has happened in your life. And there there are those occasions. This is the one thing that keeps you from being genuinely happy for others when they experience blessings. This is the one thing that keeps you from being patient with others who are different than you. This is the one thing that keeps you from accepting others and loving everyone unconditionally. And this is the one thing that keeps you from asking for directions. <laughs> What's the word? Pride. pride, that's right. The spirit of pride, it is, it, isn't it something that we can take so lightly and yet is so destructive? And I hope that tonight that we'll see how destructive that this particular uh, attitude can be in our life. We need to realize that the spirit of pride shuts off the blessings of God in our life. I mean, it just shuts them off. We need to realize that pride sets us aside in a spiritual barren wasteland. And that's what happens time and time again in the lives of individuals. And we need to realize that pride could be Entrenched, And really, this is the most important thing is that that pride can be entrenched in our life more than what we realize or we really want to admit. So much so that we filter a lot of our decisions and a lot of our, our, our planning around this thing called pride. It can be sometimes hard to detect in our life. And so pride again comes in different forms. Pride can be in your face pride or it at times can be secret pride, but all is destructive and dangerous. So whether you're a mature Christian or whether you're a young Christian, we all struggle with this thing called pride. And we need obviously to guard against having this attitude in our heart. Now, if we experience, if we if we plan to experience and we expect to experience God sustaining grace and his favor in our life, our pride must be subdued by living in a spirit of humility. Otherwise, God is, is going to oppose us. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want God to oppose me. We know what James says. J- James says in 4.6, he says this, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the what? The humble, God gives grace to the humble. God resists it to the proud. Have you noticed that there isn't a middle option there? Have you noticed that there's no neutral spot? Right now, either God is actively resisting you or he is actively lifting you. There's no middle ground. If God is actively resisting you, you might be experiencing an oppositional force in your life and where you might feel like you are just running in, th- in deep mud. It might feel like you just aren't making any headway in life and things just don't work out. But on the other hand, when you're in fellowship with God and walking in humility, God is actively lifting you by giving you favor in all that you do. God orchestrates events in your life, God answering prayer, God ministering through his spirit by giving you peace and joy and giving you help to live life. Now, this obviously doesn't mean that we don't have problems and we don't have issues. We will, but the difference is that that God is using those events in in our life to grow us. So as we begin tonight in our study uh, into the life of King, King Uzziah, would you please consider your own life by allowing God to maybe expose your heart to any hidden pride that maybe is found somewhere in your life. So with that, let's take our Bibles and stand again. Second Chronicles chapter 26. I want to read just three verses here, verse number three, four, and five. Second Chronicles chapter number twenty-six. It says sixteen years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. Now notice this. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Father, would you bless our time uh, tonight as we look at the life of King Uzziah? Father, will you help us, Lord, if there's areas in our life. Father, if there are situations, things in our life that point to pride, might, might you help us to see those things. Sometimes we can be blinded. Sometimes we don't see those things. And I pray, God, that you'll just again help us to see where we are, where we have, are failing in this particular area, that we can confess, repent and have Victory in our life, and we're grateful for the grace that you offer to us as we walk in humility. And so, again, would you bless our time tonight? And we ask this all in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Well, as we look here at these, these three particular verses of scriptures, I just want to real briefly look over his life. He, he was a pretty young guy, verse number three tells us that he was 16 years of age, he reigned for 52 years. Now, the last 12 years or so of his, of his reign, uh, his life was in disgrace. And we're going to see that what happened in his life. Um, but it's not so much really how, how you start life. It's really how you finish. And we need to make certain that we, that we finish well and that we determined to finish well. You know, given it our final push, we need to be committed to Christ all the way to the end. Now, what he did is we find here in verse number four that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. He knew what, was, what, what God uh, was, uh, was aware of in his life. Again, he was fully aware of, of God watching him and he, he planned his life. He lived his life with that thought and that truth in his mind. He was a man who loved God. He was a man who feared God, walked with God and desired to please God. Now, as we see here again, his, this particular area of his life, again, he takes this all through his life. Now, as we find there in verse number five, now this is a very critical verse of scripture. Again, I want to read this, the first portion of verse number five. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, Zach- who had understanding in the visions of God. Now, obviously, Zechariah played a huge role in helping Uzziah seek the Lord, to know how to seek God. He was his helper. He was his guide. And this is the thing about about King Uzziah. King Uzziah knew that that Zechariah would have a wise voice. He would listen to his voice, knowing that he would get instruction from him from the word of God. And so he would listen to what he would have to say. He wanted to learn. He wanted to know right from wrong. He humbled himself. He became a student of the word. He became a student of of this prophet. He wanted again to please and honor God. And that's a lesson all all for us to learn. We need him him for us to put ourselves under those who have wisdom to share that we can learn from. He, he He really wanted to know God more than anything else. And Uzziah's pursuit of God was really heartfelt. He really wanted to know God. Now, the reason that this particular verse is is really important and and part of this story, again, is is again the, the, the crux of the story here, is that it answers the why of his success and it answers the why to his downfall. You see, the key to success is found in verse number five, in the latter part of that verse. It says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Now, a complement verse to this in the New Testament would be John chapter 15, verse number five. Jesus said this, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And what Jesus is saying here is if you expect to be successful, if you expect to be fruitful, you need to abide in me because without me, you won't be able to do anything. And so we find here this particular truth and this promise here in the New Testament. Now, both of these verses are conditional. Both of these promises are conditional. You do your part. God's going to do his part. You do what you're supposed to do. Don't be a lane changer. You do what you're supposed to do and God will do his part, and you just trust him. Now, what's, what's neat here in this verse of scripture is, is two times in verse five, the word sought is, is, is found. And we find that this particular, this particular word was again, something that was really important. Now, and I really wanna stress this because this is what I believe where, where King Uzziah went wrong. And, we, and so if we expect to be able to flourish and be able to be uh, fruitful in our life, we need to make certain that we have this particular thing down. God wants us to seek him with all of our heart. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six says this, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. So we need to have the attitude that King Uzziah had, and that is to seek God. Now, this word sought means this. It means to seek with care, to seek with care. In other words, King Uzziah didn't rush his relationship with God. He didn't rush it. He didn't didn't try to put it in fast forward. He was, he gave attention to his relationship with God. You know, there, I remember growing up and my father would have me do a chore and I'd get impatient and I'd do whatever real quick. And my dad would say, son, if you don't do it right, you're gonna do it again. He said, if you're not careful in doing what you're doing, you're gonna have to do it again. And so there are times in our own personal life, again, in our walk with God, that we've got to be patient, don't rush, in your relationship with God. Now, he didn't do, he did not do what he did to ease his conscience. The things that he may have done for the Lord, he didn't do to ease his conscience. Now, there are some times that we're guilty of that. There are times that we might just try to ease our conscience. You know, we have our checklist of doing our religious duties. You know, we do just enough Bible reading, or we do just enough praying, or we do just enough involvement in ministry. And, and my friend, our heart and our passion should be to really pursue Christ with all of our heart, not just giving a half-hearted effort, but that we put our whole heart into pursuing God. And so again, when he sought God, he did it with, with, with patience. He did it with earnestness. So when Uzziah sought God with care, he wanted to make sure he didn't miss anything with God. I think he would he, I think that his life through. I think there were times that maybe he would say, am I following the word of God? Am I following what God's word says? Is, are my sins confessed? You know, was he being a faithful king to the people that God had entrusted him with? And the reason he did this is again, because he wanted to understand, or he wanted to know in his own mind that this relationship that he had with God was valuable. And he was living up to that. He really loved God and he had a passion for him. And how how do we know this? Well, we know that again, he pursued God and God blessed him. God prospered him. And we too need to make sure that we seek God with care. Do we seek God with care? How often are we guilty of being maybe careless in our pursuit of God by maybe pursuing other things in life with a greater passion? We pursue things in life that really don't mean a whole lot, but we pursue those things with a greater passion. You know, we need to be like King Uzziah who had not, who was not going to cheapen the relationship that he had with his Lord. He sought him first and foremost in his life, even when life got busy with life's responsibilities. I mean, this isn't all he did. This isn't all in life what he did. You think about it, King Uzziah had to go to school. He, went to, he attended some type of school. He had a nation to run. He was married, he had a family, he had wars to fight. He had, he had work to engage in, but even with his busy schedule that he had in, and all these life's distractions, he made sure that he put God first in his life. At least in his early years, he put God first in his life. Now, I don't know about you, but, uh, but, but for me, I can become easily distracted. There are those necessary distractions in life. You know, all of us have those, those necessary distractions in life. You know, you have life to live, you have work to do, you have a family to enjoy, you have kids to raise, you have activities to participate in, you have appointments to keep, you have breakdowns to fix and school to learn. We all have these kinds of activities and we get so busy with all these things that if I have then the time, then I'll spend with God. But that's not seeking God with care. That's not pursuing God with care. So we need to keep the right balance. Always keeping God first place in our life. By what? By not neglecting him, always pursuing him, always seeking him. And the way we do this is by mentally keeping anchored to the Lord. We've got to make sure that we're keeping in our, on our mind the Lord. As it says in Isaiah 26, that will keep him at perfect peace, whose mind is what? Stayed on thee. Our mind needs to be stayed on God, be thinking about God, be dwelling about on, on God and, and, and different ways to do that is, is memorizing scripture and holding scripture dear to your heart. You know, there are times you say, well, I'm too old to do that. Welcome to the crowd. All right. We, you know, welcome to our world. We, we, all of us struggle in those kinds of areas, maybe memorizing scripture or meditating it on scripture. But I tell you, if we can do those kinds of things, that is going to help us to be able to keep, keep our mind on God. And again, it's so imperative. It's so important that we do that. And because Uzziah sought God with all of his heart, God gave him blessings. God gave him blessings beyond imagination, I mean, things that God did in his life. Everything he did, God prospered him. Now, we see this in in verses number 6 through 15. Now, for the sake of time, we're not going to look at this. And as a matter of fact, you know, this really is the point of the message is the prosperity, uh, how God prospered him, because every one of us are different and God is going to bless us in different ways. But for him, we find that Uzziah became a very prosperous king and he made the nation of Judah very strong. His his achievements were incredible. There, there was great advancements in, in agriculture and science and militarily. Uzziah was greatly respected by the nation's Around him and few kings in history of Israel uh, prospered as did King Uzziah. And all of these things you you can find here in this verses number six through 15. It's incredible how God blessed him. Why? Because he sought God. But all of these successes, all of these successes came about because he sought God. Now, I love this verse. In verse number seven, it says this, and God helped him. Isn't that, that's a, that's a wonderful verse of scripture to know that God helped him. Again, in verse number 15, that it says here that he was marvelously, I love that word, marvelously helped. God, and he, the marvelous things that God did in his life, because God is marvelous and God marvelously helped Him in his life. So never forget, my friend, that God longs to help you. He'll never abandon you. He's there to help you every step of the way. And if if you need help, if you need help in your marriage, He's there. God is there to help you. If you need help in parenting, He is there. I mean, we only have one shot. We only have one that opportunity, a window of opportunity to raise our children. And God is going to help you in that area. If you need help, maybe because you're dealing with loneliness, God is there to help you. If you need help with maybe emotions that are just running wild, he's there to help you. Maybe fear or anxieties of some sort. God is there to help you. If you need help in mending relationships that are hurting, he's there to help you with those. If you need help, find Financially, he's there to help you with those kinds of things. The only thing that God wants of you is for you to give up. Is to come to the end of yourself and to say, God... I can't do this. I need your help in this. And when you pour out your heart to God, God is gonna prove himself to you and he is gonna help you in that time of need. Whatever that need may be in your life, whatever hurt that you're dealing with, whatever situation that you're experiencing in your life, God is there and he's gonna help you if you just trust him. If you just trust him. You know, the sad thing about Uzziah is that his attitude toward God changed. It began to to change over a period of time, and I think there may be some hints, I don't wanna make too much of it, but I think there was some some hints that we can see in our passage of scripture where his attitude began to shift from God to to himself. His attention began to drift away from God uh, and his reliance on God began to wane. Now, we notice this. I do want us to see this in in verse number 15. Uh, And again, in chapter 26, verse number 15. Uh, in In the latter part of that verse, it says this. For he was marvelously helped tell he was strong. I mean, it's almost like it stopped. When he, in his mind and in his heart, hey, I've arrived. I've made it. I can do this. I don't need God. Now, he may not have come out and said that, but his actions and his attitude, they, it was just coming out of his life. His, his heart was, again, just just uh, um, just changing and drifting away from God, where maybe at first in his early years of life, God was on his heart. He was living for God, thinking about God, thinking about his word, but as, as life went on and, his, and he was experiencing success after success after success, he's thinking, man, look at me. Look what I'm doing and what I'm accomplishing. And his attitude began to to change again from God to himself. He began to look at all of his successes instead of the one who made or gave him those successes. Someone said this. King Uzziah knew success for so long that his heart deceived him into thinking that he had something to do with it. How true. You know, he began to to lift himself up with pride. He felt very important, he? he felt very privileged, he felt like he could do anything he wanted to do. And so he did. Let's change the rules. Let's uh, let let's let's uh, move the boundaries. So, with that, I want us to notice four things about pride that's in our passage. Now, in look in verse number sixteen. Let me say this first: Pride will always pursue what is off limits. Pride will always pursue what is off limits. Now, here we have King, King Uzziah. You know, he's, he's having all these successes. And as, as I mentioned, from six, verse 6 to all the way to verse number 15, and, and God helped him and, until he was strong. And verse 16 says, But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. How sad! How sad. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Wow. Now we'll talk more about that in just a little bit, but but you know, he was not allowed into the temple. That was not his area. That was not his place. He was a king, he was not a priest. He, he was to stay out of the temple. This was not his area of authority. It was not his area of responsibility. You would have thought that King Uzziah would have been satisfied with the authority that God gave him as a king and enjoy all that God had done through him and for him and seen all of the successes that he had experienced and his fame throughout the land. You you would think, I'm satisfied. Man, look how God has used me. We would think that. We would think, again, that would be enough, but no. In, in Uzziah's mind, no, that was not enough. He wasn't content with, with his own realm of authority or position. He wanted something more. And that's what pride does. That is what pride does. It, it always pursues what is off limits. Now, in our context, we see that there was, a, there was an authority of the king's And there was an authority of of the priesthood. But since he was a king, he believed that he could take any authority that he wanted to. His pride blinded him to so much that he felt that he could approach God as he pleased. He thought he could just do what he wanted to do. I can do anything I want. I'm in charge here. I'm gonna change the rules. I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm the king. I want to do what I want to do. And so by his actions, what he was really saying was this. I don't need to be under any authority, even God. Now, again, he may not have said that, and he, more than likely he did it, but his actions were saying it, and he was blinded to it. But we can see the trail of his pride. Again, pride going into areas that, he, that were forbidden, areas that he should not be in. Pride was driving him to that. Isaiah pushed his way into the temple. I mean, he gets to the temple and there's priests there that are serving and he walks all in into the temple and he's doing his thing. And and again, we'll get more into that. But but he felt superior. Pride devalued authority that was really over him. There was an authority that was over him in that realm. And this is what pride does. It looks down on everyone else and disregards rules and guidelines. He felt some kind of entitlement. I'm entitled to this. You know, the downfall, and I've seen this and I'm sure you have too. The the downfall of many spiritual leaders and individuals in power is when they begin to have an entitlement attitude. I deserve this, or I have privilege to do this. I have a right to have this. And it starts out with taking small liberties here and there, and it builds, where they begin to be calloused, where they begin to to not be, you know, as sensitive to the spirit of God. Maybe God had convicted them, but they push it out. They push it aside. And, and they just maybe begin to take even greater steps in their life. A lie here or a lie there, a breach of safeguard here, a, a breach of safeguard there. Again, these areas that begin to take, these individuals begin to take these liberties and, and they feel entitled to do this. And that's why we see tragedy after tragedy. You know, you look at the Bible and you see how many, how many uh, of the saints in, and I think more of the Old Testament. How many of the saints in the Old Testament, at the end of their years, dropped off the scene? They they abandoned God because of this thing of entitlement or pride. Listen to what Matt uh, Pyland uh, said about this. He says, "It's pride that wants." what others have. I deserve this. It's pride that is never satisfied in what one has been given. I want more. A prideful person will say this, if I want something, I'm going to take it or I'm going to fight to get it. Seeking to get credit or applause, maybe something tangible. Dotrophies? sought the preeminence. He wanted that attention in his life. It's pride that leads to adultery. That's a barrier, that's a boundary you shouldn't be. It's pride that decides the rules and not God or others. Rules for thee, but not me. It's pride that leads to greed instead of generosity. It's pride that leads to gossip instead of edification. It's pride that leads to criticism instead of praise. It's pride that leads to mocking instead of respect. It's pride that leads to snobbery instead of inclusion. Can we see how pride has maybe sometimes infiltrated our way of thinking? How pride has devastated many churches across America and we will let pride just Uh, wreak havoc upon the church of God. There are areas that are off limits, but pride will take you there. The second thing about pride is this, pride will always be opposed. Now, that's a good thing. When we choose pride, God will not let you get away with what you are doing. He is going to oppose you. Now, there is a beautiful picture here in verse number 17 and 18. So when, as we see here, you know, old King Uzziah, he, I mean, he thinks he just owns the place. He walks right in and he's going to do his thing. He walks in there with his censor and he's going to, he's going to do his own thing. And verse 17, and as Ariah as the priest went in after him, hey, hey, king, what are you doing? I mean, can you, can you see the scene here? He's walking right through, he's in an area that he shouldn't be. Pride had led him there, and, and, and the priest is saying, no, 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 you're not supposed to be here, king. Now, I'm so thankful. He wasn't the only one that stood, withstood him. There were, there were 80 other priests with him. Hey, let's do this together. Power in numbers. I tell you what, now the Bible tells us there that they were valiant men. You better be having courageous. I mean, he's the king. He can order a bunch, uh, some troops to come in and just whack your heads off. He, but they were, gonna be, they were not gonna be intimidated by who he was. They withstood him. And they withstood, again, Uzziah, verse number 18, they withstood Uzziah and king and said unto him, it appertaineth not unto thee. King, this is in your area. This isn't yours. This isn't your responsibility. This isn't your, in your authority. Yours is outside. Your kingdom is outside. This is ours. This is what God has given to us. And you're wrong. You're wrong. But to the priest, he says, it's been given to the priests, the sons of Aaron that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out. Go out of the sanctuary. For thou hast trespassed, uh, neither shall it be thine honor from the Lord God. He said, God's not going to honor you for this act. God is, God is not pleased with this act of pride. What, what a beautiful picture here that we see. Again, the, this prideful actions will not go unnoticed by these priests. And let me tell you, our prideful actions will not go unnoticed by an all-knowing God. He knows exactly what is going on with, with you and maybe opposition to authority in your life. And because, and because he's a good father... Because he loves you. He is not going to allow you to continue down a path that is going to continually hurt you and others. He loves you. He's going to intervene. And he'll put the brakes on somehow, some way. Obadiah says this the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou hast thou that dwellest in the cluster of the rocks, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, "Who shall bring me down to the ground, though thou exalt thyself as an eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. We ought to fear We ought to fear this thing of pride. When we go against God's authority in pride, God's hand will be against us. When he, and this is the thing. Um, when his word is explicit, when it, it explicitly says something and we in pride reject it. God is going to oppose us just as he did with King Uzziah. Could it be the reason that we're having a hard time in life and struggling with, with maybe meaning in life and purpose in life is because God is opposing us for our prideful attitude? Could it be that God has convicted you about a certain sin, but you have refused to get right with him? God is opposing you? Could it be that you have not maybe been loving your wife the way that you should be and honoring her as the Bible teaches and God is opposing you? When the priests opposed the king and stopped him, it was really a blessing and an act of God's mercy. I mean, it might have been more fatal for him or he may have done something far worse. But we find that God was showing him mercy when he opposed him. Now, another thing about pride that we see is. His pride will always argue the confrontation. Always. Um, So when they said in verse number 18, you know, get out of the sanctuary, thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. Verse 19 says, Then Uzziah was wroth. I mean, he was furious, he was mad. He, he, was, he was just so filled with rage. How dare you oppose me? I'm the king. Now, the response that he should have had was, You're right. (laughs) Stupid me. (laughs) But he didn't. Uzziah wasn't open for any discussion or instruction. The priest actually had laid out the scripture to him. He says, you know, I mean, it's, he was, um, telling him this is what God's Word says about, you know, being a son of Aaron and this and that. You know, he was, he was sharing, laying out the Scripture to him, and he had nothing of it. He didn't want to hear that. Um, let me say for, for, for all of us, uh, we need to learn how to accept rebuke or a confrontation. If we do wrong, we need to... We need to be willing to accept. Hey, I, yes, I did. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have done that. Um, you have those talks with those sp- with your spouse. <laughs> There's those kind those occasions. Yeah. Yep. I I was insensitive. I shouldn't have said that, or I acted that way, or I I was busy doing this and I wasn't thinking. You know. Uh, again, we 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 sometimes again aren't. Thoughtful about those things and we get we get bent out of shape. We get defensive when when maybe we're confronted with uh, something that we've done in our life and we get again defensive. We don't want to hear it. If you find yourself. And and I say this. uh, I say this lovingly. If you find yourself as an angry person, angry at the world, angry with life, angry, you know, anger is in your life, filled with arguing, maybe yelling and frustration, just, just, I'm frustrated with life. And just, if your life is filled with that, it's a pride problem. Proverbs 13, 10 says this, only by pride cometh contention. If there's contention in your marriage, if there's contention in your family, if there's contention in, with your fellow church member, if there's contention with a coworker, if, it, it is a pride problem. And so, again, when, when, when we have this pride, we're, gonna, we're not going to admit, we're going to fight. But we need to take the road of humility and say, yeah... I need to do, I need to, I need to be obedient, I need to follow, I need to do what's right here. The fourth thing that we see, pride will put you in, a, in your place and set you aside. So verse 19, then Uzziah was wroth, he was furious. And had a sensor in his hand and to burn incense. How spiritual can you get? And you know, I mean, he's here with this, he's gonna act all spiritual, you know, and he's he wants to prove to others he's a spiritual kind of guy. And he really wasn't there for his for, for God, he was there for himself. He wanted to show off. I don't know, know you know, I mean, that's pride, this is what pride was doing in his life. And he comes in, you know, and he's wroth, he's angry, and, and it's and, it, and I think it's intentional that that the scriptures tell us that in his hand he had this incense. Something that was, again, that was supposed to be spiritual. Yeah, he's furious because he's not getting what he wants. He's angered. Now, notice this. And while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead. And they thrust him out from the ha- from thence. Yea, himself he got he got woken up here, and himself hasted also to go out because the Lord had smitten him. You know, when we get been out of shape and upset and angered in our life. You know, we can make some foolish choices and decisions. This particular pride and this act of pride, God put him in his place. Uzziah contracted leprosy. God humbled him by opposing him. Proverbs 16, verse number 18 says this, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Because he was struck with leprosy, he was no longer able to do his kingly duties anymore. He was said he was he was excommunicated out of the out of the the region. They put him in, in a house, probably all alone for maybe, you know, possibly 12 years. Because. Because of pride. He lost it all. I mean, he had he had it all and he and he lost it all. And how sad. Now, this is interesting. And someone wrote uh, or said something about this. And, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Why was Uzziah afflicted with leprosy? Why this disease? I mean, wasn't there any other plagues around in that day? I'm sure there might have been. But there was a message that was being shown here. In Deuteronomy chapter 24, it it charges that the people were to follow the authority of the priest in all matters dealing with leprosy. They are to put themselves under the authority of the priest. Get this, because of Uzziah's leprosy, it forced him to be put under the priest's authority that his pride had resisted earlier. Uzziah, you are going to be put under authority one way or another. And it was really God's mercy that he did this for him. Are you resisting that authority in your life? You know what, what authority maybe is, again, might you be resisting? What area in your life? I mean, we can, we can come to the scripture. Are we resisting the authority that God has in our life, the word of God has in our life, the authority that we have within with our, in our realms of living and things of that nature? What authorities are we resisting and fighting and, 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 and pushing aside? You need to accept whatever authority you have over you and be thankful, not disgruntled. Foremost, you, you need to put yourself under that authority of God's word. That's really the, the, uh, the, uh, the bottom line is just putting ourselves under the, the authority of God's word. So restoration, how does this all come about? Humility. Now, God, as the Bible says, God gives grace to the humble. You know, the sad thing about this uh, uh, in regards to Uzziah is that there's no record of him humbling himself to the Lord. I I don't know. Maybe he did. But there's no record of it. And he continued in in this disease. You know, there are some even in Scripture where there were kings that had done wrong and God afflicted them. And then God, because of of their humility and coming to him and asking forgiveness, God restores them. But not King Uzziah. I don't know if he continued in this disease because he just refused to humble himself. I don't know. Again, this is this situation. And so for 12 years, he was alone. His body did not receive a kingly burial, as I said earlier, like other kings. Um, And what a tragic loss. What a waste for this king, he threw away all for a moment to satisfy his, his pride. Pr- again, pride is very blinding. Now, again, what's, the, what's the, the remedy to this? Seeking God. Remembering who he is. Humbling ourselves. Um, abiding in, in Christ. Uh, uh, regarding ourselves less, becoming a, a servant to all, to say, Lord, I, I, I give myself to you, as Philippians uh, chapter 2 and 3 tell us. We, we, we are to be your servant, Lord, we, and in humility of mind, we serve you. It's giving ourselves to you. I like what Charles Spurgeon said, and he says, While others are congratulating themselves, I lie humbly at the foot of, the, of Christ's cross and marvel that I am saved at all. You know, we need to re- remember what God has done for, for us and, and say, Lord, I want to seek you with all, with all of my, my heart. I don't want to allow myself to drift. And we need to keep each other accountable We're to be a church family. We're to irritate each other. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we already do that. <laughs> in a fun, loving way. But we're, but we're to look out for each other. Man, we, there's a world out there that is, is, is eating, eating, eating each other alive. It shouldn't be going on in here. We need to love one another. We need to help one another. Uh, We need to strengthen one another, and and again, keeping each other accountable. We have we have a mandate from our Lord, a mandate. So let's let's put let's put pride back. And again, it's, it's it's a daily thing. We've got to seek God daily, putting Him first. And when that ugly thing of pride rears its ugly head, you need to confess it and repent of it and ask God to help you and make some changes in your life and changing some things and and, and again, analyzing, why am I doing this? Is is it to look good? Is it to appear to, you know, whatever the case is, you just need to let the Spirit of God reveal those things to you in your own personal life. As we stand and bow our heads this evening, every head bowed, every eye closed, appreciate your attention tonight. God has has a a plan for us. God has a will for our life. God wants us to to fulfill that plan. But but again, pride can sometimes mess mess that up. And so we need to make certain that we are are doing and following uh, what God wants us to do in our own life and not allowing this thing of pride to deceive us and to get us to a place where we would begin to experience God's opposition in our life. Father, we ask that you would bless this invitation tonight. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to, um, to just ask, to, for you to just search us and to see if in our life that there are, might be things that, uh, that we need to change, things that we need to address, that we need to, um, to honor you with. And, and I pray that you would help us, Lord, Again, just to be sensitive to your leading in your Holy Spirit. Would you bless our invitation right now? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Page 283, Jesus, I come. As Brother Aaron leads us in this invitation song. Won't you come?